explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. And it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? everybody and welcome to the Joel Mahalik show. I'm so glad that we are getting together and spending some time together tonight. Hey, it's Sunday night. So that means I have gotten to the right place. I've arrived. I'm here. You're here. We're here. Now it's a party. So welcome to my little corner of the internet. It's my little corner and you can't have it. I don't want to hear intermittent domain or anything like that. This is my place. But seriously, folks, hey, how you doing? Got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. I'm going to try to talk about a lot of stuff. It'll be a lot of talking, but I'm going to try to get through as much as I can, including uh, something that I something I actually put in the show notes uh, about two episodes ago saying I was going to talk about. And then I had so much stuff to talk about that I didn't get to it. And it's addressing a couple things about Big Brother 20. So if you're a Big Brother fan, I just have a couple... Quick bullet points I want to make early on in the season here. And imagine how early on in the season, when it was like points that I wanted to make like two weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to talk about driving in Delaware and what's happened uh, in the past week about that. An update, a little bit of an update on if you've been following my show, if you've been following me on Facebook, if you've been following my editorial blog a little update about drugs, pharmaceutical drugs. I'm not saying we're not going to sit here and do drugs, but I want to talk about uh, some update news on that front, uh, if you want to call it that. In the meantime, though, if you want to hang out, join me online. The website's joelmahalik.com. That's spelled Joel, M-I-C-H-A-L-E-C.com. That's where you go. Listen to the show live. Get there and just press play. All you gotta do is press play. When you arrive here live at 8 o'clock on Sunday night, then the current episode should be up. We should be looking this week at episode 20. The big two zero. Uh, So just push play. Hashtag just push play. So that's where you can hang out. Also, you can listen to past podcasts on the same website. They're there. Right underneath that, there's a list of all the podcasts. So you can catch up there. Uh, You can go over to Spreaker if you want, where the shows are hosted, and you can download them, and you can put them on flash drives, you can put them on your iTunes, or iPad, or iPhone, or I don't care, just put them somewhere, and you can put them on a disc, and you can share them with frenemies, that's a good thing, right? Christmas is coming up in about, what, a couple months? So you can make Christmas presents out of it, the best of, you know, the six best shows, etc., but it all happens there. Join me over there at Facebook, at JM Talk. And on Twitter at WQYB Radio. So there are the various places you can find me online. And if you find me, please join me. How's that sound? Good. Okay. So that takes care of the housekeeping, as I like to call it. And uh, uh, tonight, another special treat later on tonight, folks. We'll have a, uh, a double. A double tonight. Double wombat of the week double wombat of the week tonight on the program so many wombats in the news i had to pick two for tonight and that's what you get plus we weren't here last week so maybe part of me feels a little jealous i'm just trying to cover the bases i don't know i do not know but that's what is going on so, uh, let's get into a couple things. All right, Big Brother 20. If you're a fan of it, uh, I just got into it a couple years ago. I mean, I've known about it for a long time. And then once upon a time on this network, there was a great show called Chick Chat. And it was uh, hosted by the lovely Sharon, my wife, and her girlfriend. And they spent like a third of the show discussing Big Brother. It was like, you know, part of the thing was Big Brother. And as the producer being stuck in a studio listening to this... 
uh, you know, it, 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 drama does pique someone's interest, right? And that's what it is. It's a lot of drama. So about a season and a half later, I started kind of dabbling, like walking in while it's on and watch it with Sharon a little bit. And then next thing you know, now I'm a Big Brother fan. All right. So I, I, I do like it. But, you know, in the last two seasons, there have been, uh, I think, one issue per season that makes you go, where do they find these people? You know, uh, you know, Big Brother, if you don't know, is a, it, it's a so it's a big social experiment, right? They take 18 people. I think it's 18 people. They take 18 people and they shove them into a small house. And they have no access to phones or social media or internet or anything like that. And they have to live together and play all these competitions against each other. And each week someone gets voted out. And and there's all this stuff going on. It's a big psychological game. It's an experiment. And I'm sure that there's some sort of vetting process for these people when they go and get them to play this game. But I don't know. I think they got to step that up a little bit because the last two years or twice in the last three seasons, there have been uh, one person kicked off and another person, I think, couldn't take it and left. And when you look at this year's cast, right, uh, just a couple people I wanted to point out. Uh, first is Sam. I mean, you know, everyone loves Sam. Uh, she's a great girl, Texas, Southern gal, this and that. And she's a good-hearted person. I'm sorry, Virginia. I don't know why I said Texas. Oh, I because I'm confusing her with someone else. But anyway, you know, she's charming and charismatic, and and she is a great person. Now, she had a really bad first week, two weeks in the game. And it made her really upset. She actually was playing the game as as a robot, you know. It, so she couldn't really interact face to face because she had to do this robot thing. So she's uh, so she gets upset about that. And when they're in a the diary room, you know, she's letting her feelings out. And you know, this is not the kind of person I am. This is not what I, you know. So okay, but this is a social experiment. And what were you expecting? You know what I mean? This is what happens on Big Brother. If you know the show so much because you watch it, why don't you know about that? Okay, take a look at Caitlin, okay? Now, she's the life coach, okay? And she's uh, she does the intuitive thing, and she does uh, meditation and, and all this stuff, and she's all into this uh, life and, and energy. And then she's getting upset and, and, and whatnot about the show and about what's going on and how people are treating her and the way they're talking to her. Aren't you a life coach? Don't you teach people how to deal with these kinds of things? Okay? And, and you took that and you were going to kick ass in this game using those abilities? You know, uh, Swaggy C, who is, uh, spoiler alert, not on a show anymore, uh, Messiah Complex, you don't tell everybody that you're running the whole house when you have no type of power at all to run anything with other than run into the bathroom. So you, he got bounced early. You know, same thing that happened to Jose back before. You know, that Messiah complex, I call it. You know, uh, I run the house. I run the house. See you, bye. Now you run nothing. So my, my, my point all culminates to this crossroads here. This is a social experiment, and there's some sort of vetting process to make sure I guess you can deal with it. And I'm just pointing out some things about some of the people I saw early on. Based on what they talked about in their bios and everything, and then their videos of them being accepted in, I mean, you know, what were you expecting? If you watch the show, you know how it works, and you're you're a great person, you're a sweet person, or you're a life coach, and you meditate, and you deal with this, and then you get in there, and, and you're crying, and you're wrecked, what did you expect? You're in a game now where people are going to hate you. They want to get rid of you because the goal is to win. Only one person can win. That means the other 17 people, at all times, 17 other people have to watch their backs. This is the game. And I don't know what these people expect. And these are the things that go through my head as I watch this. I go, what is wrong with you? How did you get past the vetting process if you can't deal with this stuff? I don't get it. But they do. They get past it. And then here we are. And, and it's kind of crazy. And these are the things I wonder. 
Does this... Okay, so this doesn't normally happen to you where you're from. But this is how it happens when you put 18 strangers together and say only one of you are getting out of here. And, by the way, the prize is a half a million dollars. You know, people will stab each other for that. Or worse. So... Anyway, that's my that's my point, my thought process about that. So uh, I want to real quick talk about this story that actually came out uh, yesterday or today. Uh, hit Bloomberg Business drug makers um, reaping billions and playing the game, the system as a game, according to the FDA. Uh, very quickly, just some bullet points here. Efforts by drug makers to thwart less expensive rivals for pricey biologic medicines costing the U.S. healthcare system billions of dollars last year, the Food and Drug Administration's chief said, in laying out a plan to end such practices. The FDA wants to bring greater attention to the market for complex drugs which are generally injected or infused, such as the insulin I take. It plans to work with the Federal Trade Commission to stop quote-unquote gaming tactics like piling up patents to to extend the commercial dominance of brand name medicines. Now that's what I was talking about with the insulin. Like they, you know, they they, they make a little tiny change to this medication, this insulin product, and then they go and they, they put more patents in. And then what they're doing is, is they're, as he says, stacking patents. And because the longer you can keep something patented, that means... People who want to just come out with a lower-cost generic, they can't even get in on the market. And I, I, this has been my fight, and this has been what I've been bitching about, is we need this changed, and this is a little bit of the change. Um, so this is all according to FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb. He said in a speech uh, that competition is, for the most part, anemic. And he wants Congress's help to close any loopholes that enable these drug manufacturers to hinder competition from so-called biosimilars. And that's usually, again, something that either gets uh, in, uh, injected or you know pumped in, uh, etc. Uh, you think about AbbVie Inc.'s Humira. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm dry. I don't. I can't spend the whole show drinking. You know, it's a biologic, it treats rheumatoid arthritis, and it's the best-selling drug in the world to do that job. But before discounts and rebates, the base price of it is $63,300 per year. So if you don't have insurance, you can expect to treat your rheumatoid arthritis for $63,300 a year. Folks, that's more than my base salary. How is that possible? And this is why we need to stop this rigged system. It's rigged because of the stacking of the patents. And this is really good news. For those of you who have been standing with me and the great comments, thank you very much about the editorial, and people who have been praising my editorial, you're telling me you want me to shout from the rooftops. This is great news that the FDA wants to to enlist Congress and the Federal Trade Commission to find out what the hell is going on with Big Pharma. And I'm all for it. I praise the efforts. And I hope that they're that they're not blowing smoke up our ass. I'm hoping that they're going to push through and continue with exactly what he's saying. Because these are the things that I've been talking about. You know, the Trump administration said this was on their target uh, Trump said, I think a week or so ago that watch out because they're coming and hopefully this is the start of that. Maybe that's what the, they're coming. This is the army coming, the army of the FDA, the FTC and Congress. Let's get it done. Let's get these companies in the hearings, find out what they think they're doing. Let's curtail them. Let's curtail them. Because. We all know from my discussion about what insulin costs and what I'm paying now through Canadian pharmacies. Same product. What's the difference? What's going on in this country that makes this drug, the same drug, so much more expensive than in other countries? 
I want answers. You want answers. We all want answers. Because it doesn't have to be diabetes, folks. It doesn't just have to be diabetes. It rheumatoid arthritis. What about that? What about someone out there listening? What do you have? Maybe you're paying a lot of money. Or, hey, maybe you have a really good insurance plan, right? Let me take a drink. Maybe you have this great insurance plan, and you're not paying much out of pocket. But imagine if you were. Imagine if somebody close to you, someone you loved, had to pay out of pocket. What if somebody got sick tomorrow with some sort of disease like that? So see, this problem with expensive pharmaceuticals affects all of us. It doesn't affect a percentage of us. It doesn't matter that they know how many people in America have diabetes. That's on the health records. But, I, and I'm, again, I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm using diabetes as an example, but I am because I have it. Diabetes doesn't affect just me. It affects my family. So if one person in the house has diabetes or any of these diseases that have a high cost drug, it affects everybody. Not only the way the way life changes for everybody in the house because it's everyone's this is everyone's disease. But it affects you totally when you're put, when you're putting out those kinds of prices. When you're putting out that kind of money because of those kinds of prices. So it affects you if it affects you and everyone in your household. So so think about that. Everybody. And if nobody in your house is sick, great. Bless you. That is incredible. But it, surely you know somebody or you're close to somebody or you have a family member who's suffering. And so you you are affected. You may not think you are, but you are. Everyone is affected by this problem. So look at it that way. And that's why I keep making a stink about it. And I will continue to make a stink about it. I'm working on letters to all my Congress people. Every, well, my senator. I think we have one senator here, two Congress people. I don't know. You know, the last couple of times I wrote uh, for passionate reasons to my Congress people, I think twice I got back a form letter that had nothing to do with what I took. I, I put all my heart and soul into to write this letter. And one time I got back, let me think, what was it? Oh, that's right, nothing. Nothing. So, I'm going to write the letters because it has to be done. And we should all be screaming from the, 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 the tops of the mountains and the rooftops. But unfortunately, in my heart of hearts, when I look at people in the Senate and people in Congress... And, you know, how wealthy they are and how long they've made a career out of this. I have to ask myself, and I I ask you, how does that millionaire represent me? There's no way that wealthy person can effectively represent me to my government. But we still have to do it. And if enough of us do it, then maybe we get some results. So, possible good news. Now, also, because of this, one other thing I want to mention, I know it makes me a little bit late for break, but guess what? It's my break, so it's all right. But but anyway, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, on, on my last program, I think two weeks ago, I talked about Pfizer and how um, they were raising prices and that this was some sort of typical, this is what we do, this is what everybody does. But, you know, what's interesting is one of the other drug makers, and I thought I had it right here, and I'm kind of scanning by, and I don't see it. I was pretty sure that I had it here. Uh, They actually, from all that pressure, this is like another story, they came out and said that they will not be raising their prices for any of their drugs for the rest of 2018. So the pressure's on. The pressure's on. And during the break, I'm hopefully it'll be long enough, I'll see if I can find out exactly um, who that was, what drug company that was. And if not, I will get it into the show notes, I promise you. 
But in the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break and come back right after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Joel Mahalik Show, and guess what? I'm that guy. I'm Joel Mahalik, and I'm so glad you're here spending time with me on a Sunday night. If you want to learn more about the show and get more information on the show and get more of the show, then go on out to joelmahalik.com. That's joelmahalik.com. Once again, it's joelmahalik.com. I just always wanted to repeat that three times. (laughs) From there, you can listen to the live show when it's on, on Sunday nights. And while you're there, you'll see in the rest of the playlist is the rest of the podcasts, the previous shows. So you can listen to them there, or you can hop on over to Spreaker. The link is right there. And you can download them or get the RSS. You can get them imported into your iDevice or your Android device. And also, I just found out by by happenstance, quite accidentally, that I'm on CastBox. Dot com. I think it's .com. CastBox. So you can find my show now on CastBox and listen to it on their player, uh, which uh, has an app for Android and iPhone. So check that out. Whoever did it, I don't know how it happens. Maybe it's just aggregated. I thank you because I'm on another service, so to speak. Uh, CastBox.com. Uh, find me at Facebook at JM Talk and Twitter at WQYB Radio. So that's the various outlets online. Speaking of Facebook, I'm back on the personal Facebook side. I'm sorry, I'm going to be drinking a lot. Uh, However, I uh, will be regularly putting out uh, uh, public service announcements reminding you that please no drama, no bullshit, and no politics. All right? Great. Now, we got that out of the way. Um, It looks like I didn't find the story that I had my hands on on Friday, but uh, according to uh, a couple news sources I quickly took a look at during the break, it looks like Pfizer is going to roll back some of the prices that they just hiked up. Now, I don't think Pfizer was the company, so I will get that researched and hopefully get it into the notes for you. But it, but it's working, folks. It's working, it's working, it's working. Uh, so don't forget, later on tonight on the program... Two wombats, a double whammy wombat, a double double whammy wombat. We're gonna have to come up for. I have wombat of the week. I have video wombat. So check out Facebook at JM Talk often because as I get requests or find them myself, I post video wombats and I hashtag it video wombat. And boy, are there some doozies in the past week. So double wombat coming up later on tonight. So that's awesome. Hang out for that. But right now, uh, I want to talk to you about, I'm going to rehash, okay, another issue, an issue that affects us every day in this country from coast to coast. And it's about driving. Now, if you don't know, and if you listen to my show, maybe you got an idea of, but so far in the month of July, and this may or may not count this weekend, I didn't actually go out and tally and check on things from this weekend. Um, I, I, I get alerts, but I haven't, you know, seen. But anyway, so far, in the state of Delaware, in the month of July, halfway through, tragic deaths of 11 motorists, passengers, cyclists, and pedestrians on Delaware's roadways. Now, because of this, okay, AAA... And the uh, Office of Highway Safety is teamed up with the Delaware State Police to 
to get word out and urge drivers, and I like the way they put this, to reacquaint themselves with the rules of the road. And I could not agree more. I think, unfortunately, I think this is going to fall on a lot of deaf ears because I think there's a lot of people out there on the roadways behind the wheel that really don't care. And, you know, if somebody doesn't care, it kind of falls back on that. A leopard never changes its stripes. Or is it leopard never changes its spot? I don't know. I don't know. A nudist never changes his clothes. <laughs> Whatever works to get my point across. But you see what I'm saying. So, um, so they, they've put out this campaign trying to get across the importance of safety when using the roadways. And they're trying to revisit in detail a lot of things like avoid speeding. Uh, do not drive impaired. Okay. That to me is the most important. Okay. So according to AAA, they say fully focus on driving. Don't let anything divert your attention. Make sure you're scanning the road constantly use your mirrors watch for pedestrians and cyclists be aware of what's going on around you store loose gear and possessions so they don't roll around in the vehicle and distract you okay make any adjustments before you get going okay take care of systems like the gps your seats your mirrors adjust your seat belts air conditioning whatever you can especially if you don't have a passenger that could pick up that stuff for you and manage that like my wife and i we travel you know uh, and when we do, we work together. If I'm driving, she takes care of all the ancillary things so I don't have to. Make sure your pets and your children are secure. Okay? Four children that died in that major accident on Route 1, not one of them were buckled in that van. So secure children, secure pets. Put your electronics away. I'm so sick and tired of seeing one out of every two people Worse than that, really, 9 out of 10, driving around on their cell phones up to their face. Or, I hate when I'm at a light and somebody behind me is looking down at their iPhone instead of looking around at what's going on. How do you know the light's changing? Uh, so, make sure, as I said, enlist the help of your passengers, okay? Don't try eating, don't try putting your makeup on, doing your hair. It, you know, here's the bottom line. They say, as a general rule, if you cannot devote your full attention to driving, then don't do it. And I cannot agree more with that. If you can't focus on driving and obeying the traffic laws, the rules of the road, common courtesy, get off the road. You don't belong there. So, other things. Make sure you buckle up. Make sure you're visible. Make sure you can be seen and you can see. The minute you get out of the car for any reason, you had to stop on the highway, you're at a gas station, doesn't matter. You become a pedestrian and you should be granted all courtesies as a pedestrian, but you should follow all rules as a pedestrian. So, please, folks, please, just be careful. That's all. That's all we're really asking is just be careful. Uh, okay. So uh, I'm not going to beat that dead horse too much. Uh, my hat is off to Delaware State Police, AAA Services, and the Office of Highway Safety for doing that. Um, and as I said, obviously we are based somewhere out of Delaware here on the show. So uh, it's near and dear. We know about this, but this happens all over. Any other show, any other person listening from another state anywhere could simply chime in, send me a message, and tell me, hey, we're having the same problem here. You know? It's, think about it. How sad is it to have your life snuffed out that way? It's pretty bad. Think about that. So, okay. I will put that to bed and I'll talk about people. Sometimes I can't believe we live in this world with the, with these people. Have you heard about the daycare provider sentenced to 10 years probation in a baby hanging case? Do you know about this? If you don't, then I, I don't know what you're doing. You live off the grid or something. 
A Minneapolis at-home daycare provider accused of attempted murder was sentenced to 10 years of probation for attempted murder. In February, Natalia Correa pleaded guilty to attempted murder after hanging a 16-month-old toddler by a noose attached to a ceiling at her daycare in November of 2016. I went back real quick to get the case, uh, the, the original case story. Uh, and it says on, uh, on a Friday morning, a man was dropping off his child at daycare when he noticed the daycare provider, Natalia Correa, 42 years of age, not acting right. Correa reportedly told him she, quote, could not take it anymore, end quote, and asked him to look at what she did. The man said he heard a child crying in the basement and ran downstairs where he found a 16-month-old boy hanging in the air from a noose attached to the ceiling. He pulled the baby down and ran from the house. Korea fled the scene in her minivan. She rear-ended a car at intersection of West 28th Street and Grand Avenue, shoving the car into the car ahead of it. And as she was driving away from that, she also struck one driver who had gotten out of his, ve- out of his vehicle, and she dragged him with her minivan for over 10 blocks. Then she drove several more intersections without stopping, hitting a bicyclist who was crossing the street on a green light. Several people who had witnessed her hit the bicyclist attempted to physically stop her, but she continued driving. She eventually stopped on Park Avenue and 18th, where she attempted to jump off the bridge and onto Interstate 94. Several people stopped her and held her at the scene until police arrived. So that's from the case file. That's from the charges. And now to bring you back to the sentencing. Sentence to 10 years probation. Uh, the judge handed down the sentencing uh, this past Monday. And he says, while the law presumes a very lengthy prison sentence for Korea, it also says that in an appropriate situation, mental illness can be used to mitigate the sentence. So, here's the thing. 10 years probation and I guess she'll be wearing an ankle brace. I don't care. I don't care if it's house arrest, probation. I don't care. She should be locked up. And if they don't think it's jail for the attempted murder and the fact that she drugged somebody under her car for 10 blocks, hit a bicyclist, I guess if none of that matters to put her behind bars, then she belongs locked up in a mental institution Since you said that she has a mental illness. But the reason she's not is if you go back a little further in my editorial blog, which is available at joelmahalik.com, you'll find an article I wrote on why we have a mental problem in this country. And it's because since the 80s, we have been deinstitutionalizing the mental facilities, the mental care the mental workers we've been shutting down the asylums we've been rerouting care uh, givers we've been slowly but surely ignoring that facet of health care mental health care and somehow it's become easier to give somebody a bottle of pills and kick their ass out into the street and hope they do good so I don't think probation was the right response. But, as I said, maybe in that state, I don't know, maybe the system is worse off and maybe they have no facilities. But she should not be, not even under her own care. If you're not going to lock her up in a jail, then she needs to be locked up Somewhere. And this is the problem. How in the world was this woman able to open a daycare and take care of children? She apologized to the people who suffered and she thanks God that nobody died that terrible day. And the defense attorney, Brock Hunter, Brock, says we're thankful no one died here. We know people were scared permanently. I'm sorry, scarred permanently, psychologically, physically, for the rest of their lives. 
We hope that they find peace. Really? The mother of four with a history of mental illness. That's what I was looking for as I was scanning through the story. History of mental illness, but let's give her a daycare. Whether it was a license, it doesn't say here. I'm sure if it was an illegal daycare, it would be in the in the story files. It would, right? Because the news would latch on to that. So let's say she had the paperwork for a daycare. How? With a history of mental illness. How are you allowed to take care of children? I can't take it anymore, so I'm going to hang them. This is why we have a problem. Because people with mental illness do not get the care that they need. They just don't. That's not my speculation. That's a fact. That is a fact. And we did that. This country did that. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't enough money in it. When you think of all the other things about healthcare and big pharma, maybe there just wasn't enough money for people to be made in mental in, in mental illness. It, could that maybe be it? So anyway, this could have very easily been a wombat of the week, but this is this is a serious problem. And the reason this made like the main segment of the show is because I wrote about this type of problem years ago. So here I am screaming from the rooftops. Again. And it's something that we need to address. I don't know. I don't know how. At this point. I feel like the only thing that will address it is if we get back to treating mental health the proper way. Man. Sorry for getting a little heated. And believe me, I am heated. I'm sweating right through my shirt. I get heated about this stuff. This affects us every day. What if that was your child? Thank God that father showed up to drop his child off when he did. We see this kind of stuff all the time. In daycare, in foster care. And in real life. There's regular parents that can't take it. Don't know what they're doing. Can't take care of their kids. But I'm just baffled on how this lady was able to operate a daycare. A home daycare. I just, I get a headache thinking about it. How was she able to do that? To me, that's almost as big a story. Almost as big a story. Because don't you want to know? If she had a history of mental illness, who approved that? Who approved it? Man. Ay, ay, ay. So anyway, when we come back from break and slide into the third segment of the show, we got a double wombat of the week for you. And then, of course, I'll tell you how you can get involved in Wombat of the Week. It's very easy to do. And I'll tell you how to do that also. And then we'll go over these two. Uh, Two really, really, really good ones. Um, And that's all coming up. On the other side of this break, which I'm going to take in three, two, one. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. 
Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. It is the Joel Mahalik Show. I am so happy that you're here. Thanks for listening, whether you're on the live broadcast with me right now or if you are listening to us out there in Memorex land and listening to this as a podcast uh, later after Sunday night. Hey, we appreciate it one way or the uh, or the other. I really do. So thank you very much. Um, this uh, brings us into the final segment of the hour and uh, of the show, actually. And uh, this is where we talk about Wombat of the Week. And if you're new to the show and you're going, Wombat, Wombat's a cute, furry little creature. Well, on this show, it is an idiot. And what we do is, what I do, what we do, it's a party. It's us. It's me, it's you, it's we. I go out and I sift through the stupid people doing stupid things in the news. And I select one. This week it's two, and that'll happen sometimes. To be the wombat of the week. The stupidest person that, that I... And I'm, right now I'm the judge. So maybe you uh, hear some of them and you go, that's not all that wombatty. But I'm the judge right now. And um, and I pick one. And tonight I, I, I pick two. And present it. And so you can see exactly what kind of people are out there. And you don't have to look far to find these people in the news. You really don't. And, um, and, um, you know, two words I can't stand in radio and, and, um, and, um, I keep, and I'm saying them. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now I'm just going to beat myself up now. (laughs) How can you get involved? Real easy to do, folks. All you got to do is send me links to news stories of stupid people doing stupid things. And you can do that in a couple different ways. First of all, you can visit facebook at jm talk and send me a pm there or you can email me two different emails now joelmaholicradio at gmail.com or even easier wombat at joelmaholic.com pretty cool right that's how you can send them in so then you become an assistant to the host and that's a pretty cool title to walk about town saying, hey, I sent a story into the Joel Mahalik show. This week, I was his assistant. Isn't that a cool way to volunteer your services? Exactly. So that's how you do it. It's called the Wombat of the Week. And here they are. Um, so the first one. And um, <laughs> now I'm just going to do it to piss myself off. Here is the first one. A burglar breaks into an escape room. You know those escape rooms that they do team building on. And calls 911 because he can't escape. Now this story did read a little weird and it took me, it took a little convincing on the part of my producer, Mr. Tony Richards, that I was not reading it correctly. And I know why. And this makes me a bit of a wombat, but I actually I was I was reading the story as if this burglar broke into a panic room, and then as you'll hear from the story, it didn't make sense to me because they picked them up out the police picked them up outside. So here we go. Then after Mr. Tony Richards explained things to me, not really explained it, but told me to reread the story. Uh, then I realized, oh, he was in an escape room. So anyway, a hapless burger, a hapless burger, I I can't be hungry, I just ate dinner. A hapless burglar broke into an escape room game from which he could not then escape, leaving him no choice but to call 911 on himself. Rye Daniel Wardlaw, 40, age 40, allegedly broke into Vancouver Northwest Escape Experience, which is one of those centers for teen puzzle games where players work out how to exit a room. 
but lacking both a team and common sense, Wardlaw became trapped. So he had to call the police to come and rescue him. Now, according to court documents, he apparently didn't know how to use the lock on the front door, and he was stuck. And the owners, husband and wife owners, now they feel violated because they work really hard for this, and somebody you know broke in. And I can see that. I can see that. By the time officers arrived, Wardlaw was outside, and according to Clark County jail records, he was charged with second-degree burglary and being held on $40,000 bond. Uh, he also has a previous charge of possession of a stolen vehicle, which does not help matters much. <laughs> Cited in an affidavit, uh, Wardler was spotted by Clark County deputy walking away from behind the center at around 4 a.m. He reportedly denied being near the business, despite being the one that called 911 to report himself being stuck inside. <sighs> he then claimed he went inside the building because he is homeless and was looking for shelter. So he changed his story after getting caught. He said he opened a lockbox, which had three keys inside. Ooh, sounds like a game, doesn't it? With these three keys, maybe you get out. Uh, he used one to access an electrical room. Then he punched a hole in the wall, which led to the bathroom. And then he was able to escape from there. So I can see the, uh, I can see the owners being feeling violated. Not only did he break in, but he literally broke his way out. So, okay, you're homeless. I get it. Most places, and I would think Vancouver is one of them, has shelters for those types of things. Now, I will be the first one to tell you that we don't do enough for homeless, at least in this country, but this happened in Vancouver. What's that, British Columbia? Um, but surely we don't do enough for homeless. But he was homeless. He broke in. You know, and now, now he's facing all these charges. We'll see how it works out. He had his day in court on Friday. Uh, I haven't seen an update to it. I don't know if I will see an update to it. You know, some of these stories, as dramatic as this is, we never find out what happens in the aftermath. Unless it's like some big national news that the mainstream media is going to drag on until they can exercise every last penny, nickel, and dime out of it. We won't really hear what happened to this. But he gets first bidden on being Wombat of the week. So how about that? You know what's frightening? I'm looking at my show clock, which really isn't a show clock. If you're in the business, this is really not a show clock. It's actually a countdown timer. And it says I have about 11 and a half minutes of airtime left. And then I look at my watch... And it doesn't seem to jive. And I'm a little worried. Worst case scenario. This show might be a little short. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Shall we move on to the next Wombat? Uh, this one's my favorite. Shorter story. But boy, is it a woozy. This is the woozy Wombat of the week. Should we make that a hashtag too? Arizona man arrested after trying to pull over state troopers. Arizona authorities say a 44-year-old uniformed security guard is accused of impersonating a police officer by trying to pull over an unmarked car that happened to contain two state troopers patrolling a Phoenix freeway. The Department of Public Safety says Matthew Allen Disbro of Mesa was driving his personal black Dodge Charger on last Wednesday, or this past Wednesday, this past Wednesday or last Wednesday? I think it was last Wednesday. Anyway, when he activated law enforcement-style emergency lights on his car to pull over the trooper's yellow Ford Mustang. According to the department, the troopers wouldn't pull over. Dispro then drove alongside, yelled, and waved a hand at the troopers to get them to pull over before they activated their own vehicle's police lights and pulled him over. <laughs> This is a great story. Court records do not list an attorney for Disbro. Who that is so let me repeat that. Court records do not list an attorney for Disbro who could comment on his allegations. Um yeah. 
I don't think that there's an attorney around that should take this case. <laughs> there's, you know, uh, I, I I talk a lot about defense attorneys, and I, I'm sorry. I, I, part of it, here's my thinking on defense attorneys. I'm trying to make sure I say it right because I don't want to be I don't want to be misquoted. I don't want to be I don't want backlash because of something I said. If I'm going to say something, I want to make sure it's it's to the point. I sort of feel like defense attorneys, many of them I feel sorry for. You know, you work for the public defender's office, you have to go defend some of these people. I do believe everybody deserves a fair trial. I do. But sometimes when you know what's involved, I think you're getting a bad rap because you have to go represent people. And then you have the defense attorneys that, you know, wear $5,000 suits you know, 16 partners across the letterhead, you know, 33 floor building, you know, uh, these, and, and these defense attorneys who make all this money, uh, and they're the ones I think are, are like the first part I feel bad for. And this part I feel bar feel bad for everyone else because they're the defense attorneys that are referred to as, well, I'm going to defer to what they're referred to as. But, you know, these are the ones that are defending rich people to help them get off from doing bad things. They might be white-collar crime in most cases, but, you know, you've seen it displayed or dramatized in different movies and police procedural shows and law procedural shows. Some of these rich people get away with murder because they pay a law firm enough money to make it happen. So from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, that's where I see defense attorneys. And I I don't know. But then you I and this doesn't include well, I guess it's not defense attorneys, people that represent like family court matters and things like that. That's a whole different ball wax. I'm talking about people who defend criminals, white crime white collar criminals. Uh, murder, robbery, burglary, you know, whether you're working for, you know, the district attorney's office or one of these rich law firms. Um, either way, uh, it, it's a negative scar. And so when I look at something like this, when I see somebody, and we know, we know because we've seen it in the news, what happens to people who are pulled over by people impersonating police officers? And it's not good. This guy has no business impersonating a police officer. I don't know how he's a peace officer at all. He's a, uni- where he's a, yeah, a uniformed security guard. Not anymore he's not. But, you know, it's... How do these people get these jobs? Working the... You know, it's a type of peace officer. So, when I look at this story... To me, it's... Whatever he did... He got bad karma for it, and it came back and collected... And even if I worked for the district attorney's office, I might I might have to say, I'm not going to defend this guy. You can fire me, but I'm not defending him. I mean, I would think that there's some good people working in, like, the DA's offices that are like, dude, you can, you can fire me. There's just no way, you know, when you look at the case file. I mean, you know, you look at the case file, you're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I could never be a defense attorney. I could never work for the DA's office. Not as an attorney. Maybe not as anything, you know. Because I always thought I'd like to work in like CSI, you know. My background in computers and stuff like that. But um, I wouldn't even want to work for their CSI. Again, you're the defense. And your job is to make sure that person doesn't get death penalty or jail time for what they did. If they didn't do it, great. And that and, and that is great. Believe me, there are people that get wrongly jailed. We see that too. I'm not saying... I, I said you get a bad rap. But then you do have those victories. This is not the right guy. But in this case, this guy is the right guy. And this guy... No, it's no uh, surprise to me that this story ends with the sentence... Court records do not list an attorney for him. It's not a surprise to me at all. Not at all. 
So he is our other Wombat of the Week. And make sure you get involved. Just send me stupid people doing stupid things. Listen to a couple of the shows if you're new here to the Joel Mahalik Show. Listen to a couple of back shows. You'll get the idea of what we're looking for. It doesn't take long to find them. Every single day, they're all over every newspaper in the world. Somebody being stupid and doing stupid things. Now, one last thing I want to bring to your attention that came to my attention right before I went on the air. And it, it, it actually, it's from Thursday night or Friday morning. I'm sorry, I, I did not see it because, you know, uh, other commitments and having things to do. Um, I, don't, I, I don't want to speculate. So I'm not going to say that Philadelphia may have a serial situation going on. And I don't mean Frosted Flakes. I'm talking uh, a Thursday night or Friday morning. I mean, I, I saw the story Friday morning. They have found their third mysterious um, body in the city of Philadelphia. In, uh, I think, a week or maybe less than two weeks. That's crazy. And it's a little disconcerting. So, um, be careful. There, uh, along with that, is I still, I know I don't talk about it very much. Um, and maybe one day we will, I don't know. But all the time, maybe not every day, but certainly several times a month, you see or read stories of home invasions, uh, people, uh, what, just last week, some uh, uh, a man was uh, 11 o'clock at night, someone's knocking at his door. He opens the door and he got blown away. Uh, you know, this is this is the kind of uh, stuff that's going on. And I, the hate in this world hurts me. It hurts me. And I'm, we and we have to heal that. I don't know. I don't know how. I can suggest some factors, and that might be a topic for another show because it may take a whole, a longer piece of the show to talk about. But there's so many things that we can do where we have to try to heal that hate. So instead of running around hating people because. You don't like who they like as president. Or you don't like what they don't like about the news. That's a waste of time. Do you know how much time, stress, and effort it takes to hate? We don't need people hating other people because of political alliances and 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 what news network you watch we have a hate problem with people who seemingly find it so easy to take another person's life and that hurts i hurt every day reading about that do not take anything for granted and when you're done listening to the show, go hug your lo- your loved ones and hold them tight and lock your doors and be safe. And don't answer the door at 11 o'clock. I really just wanted to mention the, the Philadelphia thing, but it, it does resonate on. It resonates on and, and, and it, it begs to be discussed some more. And uh, if we get to something like that, and it, it will be soon, uh, but it may wait until the fall session kicks off uh, on the program when I will start being joined by different people uh, talking about different topics. So in the meantime, in the meantime, the website is joelmahalik.com. I appreciate everybody who listens to the program. I appreciate your feedback and your comments. I love every single one of you for listening. Uh, visit me at Facebook at JM Talk or at Twitter at WQIB Radio. That's my media outlets or social media outlets 
or as I like to call it, the unsocial media. Um, so you can stop by and see me there. I can't tell from my uh, countdown if, I, if I'm over or short. I'm not sure, <laughs> and I'm sorry for that. Uh, my clock and my countdown do not agree. But I will say, please do your part. If everybody did their part to love one another, this world would be such a better place. And I thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again next week on Sunday. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. (laughs) 